It's Thierry Henry! He scored! He scored for Arsenal in the Bernabeu! Looks like Shaman! Giroud plays it in the middle! Ahead again! And Ramsey arriving! And Arsenal are back in front! Scores in the FA Cup final again! Just as he did in 20. Hello and welcome back to the second episode of the Arsenal Editor Podcast. It is a slightly more... How can we say uh, depressing, uh, frustrating, angry afternoon than it was last week? Um, after a good rest, I was expecting maybe a little bit more, and with a good performance, I thought that we might be coming away with three points. But very upsetting. But I've got Gus with me again from his pants drawer to to make me feel a little bit better. Hi, Toby. Could be worse. You could be in your pants drawer. Yeah, it felt last week like the pants draw was a little bit more celebratory. Like we were starting a podcast, we'd won, and it was all very good. But now you're in your pants draw, it almost feels like you've you've been condemned there by the draw or something. Yeah, last last week it was more funny. I thought mm. it was quite yeah, but this week it just feels a bit pathetic that I'm nearly I'm approaching thirty and I'm basically resting my laptop and a microphone in a pants draw. Yeah. Yeah, you could say that. I mean, that's understandable, though. You know, we, we've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least we've got the microphone the right way around this time. Yeah, I mean, this is a game changer for me, turning the microphone the right way around, putting it on the right setting. Uh, yeah. Yeah, rather than just guessing. There's yeah, good idea, of- that. I, I I very much assumed that just kind of using my intuition with a microphone that I've never used before... Um, and then didn't even read the box instructions, never mind Googling anything. It turns out by reading the instructions, not like the technical instructions that are within the box, um, the pictures that are very easy to uh, digest on the side tells you what to do and how to do it. And it turns out looking at the side that's actually recording the sound on the side that you are that you are is, is a good idea. Um, so it's all very professional stuff, and we've done very, very, very well. Um, probably... Last week's podcast was about as professional as a, a Burnley away match. How would you how would you sort of feel about that summary? Yeah, I completely agree. I I, I was just in shock about how bad they were able to make their pitch in the Premier League. So when when you like they cut to the wide shot before the game, I, I could not believe what I was looking at. Being like, this looks like a Sunday League pitch. I mean, it pretty much was, and it just just Burnley away. I know they're a really good team. Sean Dyche is a good manager with quite an interesting voice, you know. Um, they 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 just scream like farmer football, you know. I really want it's... them to get relegated. Not just because we <laughs> lost them. Not just that always makes me want teams to get relegated. So if if we lose mm. to someone, I immediately like, okay, I want this team to go down. You know, last week, two weeks ago, I wanted City to get relegated, but it's not looking mm. that likely. But with Burnley, every every season, mm. I think you're just so boring to watch, and the way you play, and they they like that whole game. They offered so little, apart from uh, there was one good effort from the Peters that volley, but other than yeah, that, that was so boring to watch. Yeah, well, well, let's get into the game. That's why 
people are listening by the way over 500 of you listened last time so thanks very much for joining i didn't think uh, anyone else but my mum was going to listen so thank you very much but here's a reminder of how it goes just to remind you of uh the format so first we're going to go into the match analysis and we'll talk about the lineup how the game went the goals and then conclude with our men of the match and our dick of the days and then we'll go into ask your questions as well so thanks for sending those in as well um but gus Let's let's start with some three-word summaries just before yeah. we start the match analysis. Um, so you guys have obviously commented on the our post from after the game, um, and you've given us some pretty pretty spectacular three-word summaries. So, uh, Gus, do you want to maybe open with one or two? Yeah, I'm just trying to load them up now. <laughs> Should have done this before. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll start with one <laughs> no, then. I've got a, no, um, my favourite one, my favourite one. I'm trying to find my favourite <laughs> one, which is uh, just Toby, I can't. <laughs> I feel you, mate. I feel you. Um, another one. Uh, who was that, by the way? Did you read out the? Oh, this is absolute amateur hour, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, you go, and I'll find who wrote it, and I'll read their name. Okay. Out. Um. Well, I've lost mine now. This is good. <laughs> okay, someone. Dom. Dom. says goodbye, cruel world. I hope you're still with us, Dom Um. I'm not even going to try and read his username. Uh, Craig Mundy says, what the fudge? Um, Andy, till I die, till I, die I should say, um, summed up pretty well, say, we made mistakes. Uh, we did, Andy. We did indeed. Um, they don't call him I do, um, Andy for nothing. They don't. They don't. Um, I thought there was two more that were quite... Well, actually, this one was quite creative. The other one was just quite funny. Um, let's have a good Rio Tyler Hodges put F.A., as in F-A, uh, and then put dash fuck Arsenal, um, as if that was what it stood for. Um, and then Joey guy. Taylor 919 said Chris Wood's backside. I thought, fair enough. Yeah, I like that one. Um, there are similar vibes. Christopher underscore underscore Avramid, what just happened? I felt very similar. And then Mr. JHS absolute fucking bullshit so he's at least he's not sitting on the fence with that one yeah well we, we, we're, we're getting a from a snapshot of how people feel and it's it's quite reminiscent of, of how i felt not only yesterday but you know what i did i decided in the interest of being a good podcaster what i'll do is i will re-watch the game and i felt like a proper tactician i've never really done that before other than really big games would be like finals or something just to sit there and enjoy it um Turns out I was just as angry as I was yesterday. Mm. Mm. Uh, I'm, we, not, I'm not surprised. Sh- should we go through the game? Yeah. Um, how did you feel about the lineup? I was generally quite happy. Um, the only surprise for me was probably the same as everyone else with, um, with Callum Chambers coming in at, at right back. I actually forgot he played for us, to be honest. Um, so other than that, it was Marie and, uh, Louise at centre-back, uh, Tierney, obviously at left-back, Xhaka, it's nice to see Party come back in the team, uh, Odegaard started because, um, Emil Smith-Rose is still injured. I was a bit disappointed, not disappointed, I, I hoped Pepe would start on one of the wings because he played so well, um, last time, but obviously, uh. William also had a good game, so I can see why he was involved. And then 
I quite like seeing Aubameyang through the middle. So yeah, I thought it was a pretty good side to be honest. Yeah, I was I was a fan. I, I I actually I like Chambers. I like him a lot, and I know you disagree with this, but I do quite like him at right back as well. Um, he seemed to have a pretty good relationship with Saka. I quite liked it, but yeah, it was a surprise to see him for sure. Um, but I, I like to see him. Bukayo with him on the right and uh, 50 appearances for Bukayo Saka at 19 years old. Congratulations. So if you're listening, Bukayo, not only <laughs> we, can you please it be is. our friend, but <laughs> he definitely is. Uh, but congrats. But um, yeah, I was thinking it was quite a... It's It was a well-rested squad, you know? It had been a week since we'd played and they'd had time off, they'd had time to train. It's not really something we've been lucky, lucky to have. Um, any time over the last sort of six months really so a nice week off was pretty was pretty good and I thought we were going to come out of the blocks firing and and we did really we did absolutely um and it was a a very I want to find a good word to do this but I can't it's the contrast between the ability of party to play out and Xhaka to play out was really obvious in the two goals so they actually came from basically the same situation where uh, they were given the given the ball in a deep position I think it was actually from a goal kick from our, our goal um, mm. and party was able to kind of beat the press by doing a little one-two with um, with Xhaka but it was all about his control and his ability to like pull someone onto him before releasing the ball moving on and then he's beaten the the first line of the press fed it into William who I mean yeah he he did get an assist but I feel it was a, another pretty easy mm-hmm. pass from him <laughs> uh, and then just left someone else to do all the work um their defending was pretty poor like as soon as Aubameyang got the ball in my head I was like he's gonna do two he's gonna do a step over and shoot Definitely. And I've got no issue with that. But the fact that I can see that coming and they can't, uh, it's just, it's classic Burnley. Um, yeah. There was a good, good, good goal. Uh, I feel they should have defended a bit better, but it was well worked. Um, and a good start, obviously. I was I was ready for a game where we're going to have to try and spend ages doing the horseshoe thing outside their box, passing from side to side. Uh, but no, he scored straight away. And I thought, oh, we're on to a winner here. They're going to come out and we'll just pick them off. Yeah, it was a pretty like quintessential Mikel Arteta goal, playing out from the back, little one-two in the middle. Um, I thought Willian, I think, probably deserves a bit more credit. I thought he drove through the defence pretty well. The yeah, pass yeah. was pretty standard out wide. Um, and I thought he had a good game, in fairness, and I was pretty against him starting up until about a week ago. And I think that's, that's kind of... Um, I'm sure reminiscent to quite a many, quite a few fans around the world, but yeah, yeah, really good goal. I was really happy. The energy was good. Um, I think it shows you really. I think why it is important to play out for the back at the right time. And but I think something we'll maybe get onto later. Party should be that guy. We know that he usually is the one that comes and collects it. He can either make a turn, play it through the middle, play it wide. But he's just got that. I don't know, just natural ability to hold on to it just long enough to either draw someone or make the right pass then through and he just releases it at the right time, always. Um, and as we'll get on to, I'm sure, the second uh, the second goal, well, the goal we conceded was when Xhaka was in that position and obviously it didn't go so well. Um, we'll talk about th- that a bit. Well, go on, go on. I think one of the biggest things is, is not necessarily a party does it 
perfectly every time because he gave away the ball quite a few times on Saturday. But where he takes the risks is in more sensible positions. Or even if he is deep, he, he would take the risk when his body position is, is better. So with Xhaka, we'll go into that later, but if you're facing your own goal, that's already very yeah. difficult for you to then then play out. So Party's just very good at orientating himself and, and um, setting his body position. So he gives himself the option to play forward. And if he doesn't get into that position, he won't play forward. And then mm. unless he's further up the pitch, which he tried to do a few times and gave the ball away, but it was in positions that are not particularly threatening, which obviously is not the same for Xhaka. Yeah, no, he just booted it at a player that was six yards out and it went in the goal, which is not ideal. Well, I think we should let ourselves really talk about this guy. And I mean, there's a few things that happened in between that, but because they are so kind of very comparable, the goal we conceded um, from the situation and the player that was at that space at that time. I mean, I I really do feel really sorry for Xhaka. You know, he's played so well for so long. Um, for Arsenal, I mean, I say so long. It, it, you know, since the turn of the year, he's been the most consistent guy. He's played probably more than anyone now, um, maybe more than Bukayo Saka. I'm not sure, but he's and he's been making last ditch tackles. Um, his positionally has been brilliant. When he's got Party next to him, and he's playing the position that he's made to play, um, as said that he's built for, not that he's forced to. That's what I mean by made. He's brilliant and. Um, I think he's so important to the team. He just does have that knack of kind of letting it slip in a pretty big way in the big moments. Um, and I actually have an interesting stat for you, which um, which I'm gonna gonna say, uh, which I have now lost. Yes, here it is. So, did you know that um, 21% of the goals that we've conceded this season have come before half time after the 39th minute? So just before half time, um, I don't. I didn't look further into that, and I didn't know how many have been like suicidal goals, which we've been quite familiar with recently. Um, but it feels like we're losing goals in stupid ways at stupid, stupid times, and it really, really in the big moments is affecting us massively. We could look back to Wolves um, and many, many, many other games that where this has happened to us. And it's happened to Xhaka and Louise probably a lot more than, than other players. Um, I just, I don't, what do you think of Granite Xhaka at this time? Um, because I, I feel sorry for him and I do like him, but I'm, I'm conscious that I've, I've had that feeling a lot. And I do like him and I'm on the side of that we keep him and that you know, that we use him every week. And I think he's crucial. Uh, it's just one swipe of the leg. Cause he had a good game other than that. I don't know. Yeah. What, what, what do you think? I think it's really easy to say when players make a mistake, it's like, Oh, well, he's shit. Uh, mm. And he's obviously not his, his, um, on the positives, he makes more final third entries in terms of passing than, than the majority of the other players in the Premier League. And that's been the case since he's been at Arsenal. So even through those periods where we were we were really bad, he still progresses the ball vertically. On the other hand, he has been responsible for... He, I think he's got more individual errors leading directly to goals than any other player in the Premier League. So he has yeah. these two kind of like, here's the pro, here's the con and like, 
this is the kind of guy you're going to get similar to to david louise you know a lot of time he's really good but then he implodes every now and then i think um in terms of his it with that goal he's made a lot of mistakes i don't it he wasn't the only one to blame there i think they did quite a good job on the um the punditry, which I don't think, I think the punditry is usually pretty poor and pretty basic. But Martin Keown was like, you can blame Granite Shack and he is definitely responsible. But when Leno gives him the ball, I, like the only possible option to him if he played first time would have been David Luiz. He would have to play with his right foot and he didn't know what was behind him. So his options, no matter what, are pretty bad. So Leno probably shouldn't be giving the ball there. And you can see Odegaard in the picture when it's freeze-framed. Like, obviously, these guys are making decisions in split seconds, and I've watched this five times. It's easy to sit here and say he should have done X, Y, and Z. I think Xhaka will be here next season because Sobios mm. will go. Ganduzi almost certainly will go. Torreira doesn't seem to have much of a future here. Willock might go. So we're, we're pretty short on central midfielders, but it is an area I think we do need a, an upgrade. Well, there's a question on whether we keep Granite Xhaka later. So let's let's discuss that in a bit, because I'd quite like to go into that a little bit more, and I've kind of got a few thoughts on that. Um, I actually I disagree with the idea that, it, I mean, I think it's a, maybe a structural issue that we had Granite Xhaka there. Maybe Leno has got a tiny bit of, you know, uh, maybe it's of his fault a tiny bit, but I, I can only see this as Granite Xhaka's fault in, in, in the majority. Like it, 95% or whatever you want to call it, I think he just, he booted it at, at the striker, <laughs> at Chris Wood. He booted it at him. Like it's, it's, it's a terrible, terrible pass. And, it's, you know, I think it's inexcusable. You know, I, I don't think it's Leno's fault. I think he's booted it at a striker and it's gone in the net. It was it was, it was shit, mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and, and I feel bad for him um, because it was an accident, clearly. It was a tight scenario, sure, but this is how Mikel Arteta plays. But if we... And, and again, I feel sorry for him and I'm okay with it happening from time to time because... Because of what we just discussed, discussed and how it affected the first goal and how many goals, if you look back, that we've scored from playing out of the back, we know it's going to mess up. We know that from time to time there's going to be an occasion where we let slip and it's going to, and it's, we're going to concede a goal. It happens to Man City when they play out. It happens to every other team in the Premier League. And actually, from playing out of the back, it's, it, it's not happened all that often from memory. And I would have to check that. We've conceded from many other scenarios from stupid mistakes but it it just doesn't seem like maybe that's been the, the no, primary way and 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 Mikel Arteta put it you know put it really well towards the end of last season and when we were really trying to implement it and it wasn't going well and we weren't scoring from it as much and you know I think he the reporter said are you worried about how many goals you're conceding from passing out from the back. And he said, well, I'd be more worried if we weren't passing it out from the back because of how many goals we will be scoring from it. So, but the, the only reason we're sitting here, I mean, obviously it was terrible. We're always going to talk about it no matter what. For me, the only reason it's been highlighted so much, which is consistent with so many games recently, is because of how many chances we missed, you know? And we wouldn't, if we'd have put away the five chances, I've made that up before, that goal. I mean, Saka twice, Abamyang once. Um, I felt like I'd read this script before when we'd capitalised yeah, on an early opportunity and then just not scored. It, you know, it, Wolves was one, and it's just 
I felt like I'd read that script and I just knew what was coming. And um, it, yes, it was awful and we need to iron that out somehow. But um, I think it was more highlighted by the fact that we that we didn't score. Yeah, I, I agree. It's just so, it, it is so samey. And I said last week, I was like, uh, it would be not nice, but I, I much prefer to see us be beaten than us mm. lose by <laughs> making like Burnley created nothing, nothing. Their only their their goal was purely from our error, and at most you could credit Burnley mm. for being like they pressed pretty well. It was pretty coordinated, but I mean you should that shouldn't be the way no. that, <laughs> that we don't win a game. But yeah, you have to look at the other end of the pitch as well and say. Sack had that really good chance where he shot wide um, mm. with his right foot. Um, Yang I know, had another opportunity. I can't remember Saka's other other chance at the minute. Well, Yang's one, that one where it came off the keeper and it came to him. It was almost yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He oh, couldn't be just, quick just enough or whatever. Yeah, he, sort his fear, exactly. yeah. yeah, but Saka could have put away that one. It was it was just frustrating. And um, do, you know what, do you know what really... <laughs> Excuse me. Do you know what really annoyed me about that goal more than more than anything was like we'd scored early. We were making chance after chance, and in my head I was I don't know. I just started to think, okay, how it's Burnley away, so it's pretty uninspiring in, in a few ways. And I was like, okay, so how would this team fare in the Champions League? And I was like, okay, so we've got this and that going for next season. Saka's looking great. I think Aubameyang would have another good season and all this sort of stuff. And I was picturing us going away to Atletico Madrid and yeah, you know, all just cool places with fans and it all being exciting granite jacket then boots the ball uh chris wood and the celebrations go on and this is what this is what annoyed me the most right the quality and the like um farming league status or farming football status of the advertising boards right let, let me read out to you the advertising boards so you got crw scaffolding a local scaffolding <laughs> firm which i looked up farmhouse biscuits which has got under <laughs> <laughs> which which is a very oh. very small biscuit firm in burnley and it's and crown oil village. <laughs> it's village football on a pitch that would look like it had been played rugby oh. on 50 times in a day and i was like well this really this has really brought me back down to work yeah absolutely and and yeah. like in in the whatsapp group uh like we always talk during the game uh in the whatsapp group of uh mikhail's uplifted bastards and um yeah few goal the goal goes in so this is a 12:36 tom pops up very promising great goal a couple of minutes later at 12:53 we need to take these chances 13:09 wow next person wow next person wow <laughs> like this is all when, like as as Jacka implodes and it's just so right it's not even hindsight we're saying that as it's happening being like this this is it, it's so like familiar territory it's like i know what's going to happen i've seen this before like we need to to, to make hay while the sun shines because arsenal are not good enough to go for an entire period an entire 90 minutes against anyone and dominate the whole game so the other team will get a chance and as soon as you're starting you're only with one goal margins you're likely to like half whatever the amount of time they're going to take those chances or you just gift them goals which we seem to be doing recently okay well if you're if you're Mikel Arteta you're a very handsome man with with lego hair yeah um 
how do you iron out these issues? Is it just well, an issue case of like picking Louise and Jacka, which I think is almost harsh, but you have to expect it from time to time? Is it like you look at them an isolated incident? How do you coach this out of the players? I, mean, I don't know. Martin Keown last week said you just got to do everything right, which is <laughs> incredible insight. Insight. But, insight. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think because it's all relatively new, like Arteta's been there, what, every year now, uh, part of it is just pure patterns. Like, you know what you're going to do before the ball is, arrives. So if you're Granit Xhaka, you don't need to take that touch and play it with your right foot. Um, it's also about recognising... I don't think there's an issue with us playing out the back. I really like watching it. I think we're good at it. I don't think that's the problem. I think the problem is not necessarily identifying when is suitable times to play uh, these mm. dangerous uh, or high-risk uh, uh, options. Um, in terms of other individual mistakes, like Danny Sabas the other week against... Um, who are even playing? Oof. Benfica. Benfica. <laughs> Just like... I don't know. I honestly, I look at him and I do feel so sorry for him because the red cards, those kind of mistakes and like, uh, I don't know. And VAR, obviously, the conspiracy continues. And VAR. Well, let's get on to that. I mean, so firstly, actually, I, on that note that of, of knowing when to make the risky pass, um, I, I've, got an, I've got an inkling that I think, I don't know if you realise, but about two minutes before the goal that we conceded, Granite Xhaka played an absolute beauty after some sort of ticket-tacky football out of the back. Um, he then pinged an absolute beauty over the top to Aubameyang, who actually, if it wasn't for the keeper coming out and doing a bit of a sweeper-keeper yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. then he would have would have scored, maybe. And I wonder if he was feeling pretty confident and just thought, oh, this is, this is where I can take my risk. I'm going to take a touch and then swing it around. I mean... This is exactly what I mean when, like, if you're a player like Granit Xhaka, like a pro's passing range is fantastic. Cons, not particularly mobile. If you are facing mm. your own goal, your turning circle is slow. So <laughs> this is not a good position for you to be in, especially yeah. if you're inside your own area because you don't even have the option of playing back then. You can't give it back to Leno because there's not enough space. So for me, like, that should never, he should never be taking a touch there. So yeah. if you're facing the other way and you've got a bit of space in front of you or you, you can play it around the corner or you're further away from your goal and the option is, you know, if Leno rolls it out to you and you know there's someone closing you down, you can just give it back to Leno. But that, yeah. That's when you have to make the decisions and the fact that he's making the decision that he's going to turn or play a pass with his right foot across his own box while being pressed, that is not it, it, the execution as you say it was a shit pass and he just booted it into the striker but mm. is there is the decision to do that which is worse i think yeah it's 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 infuriating um but yeah well it happened and and maybe maybe we should talk about um the other big issue, um, as we've spoken a lot about Xhaka, and I don't want to spend too much time on this because this it's so blatantly just like the worst thing that's ever happened to anyone ever. Um, how that isn't a handball from Pepe's... I mean, we've all spoken about it a lot, and I'm sure the listeners will know. This is everybody's opinion. This is from, from uh, all of the post-match analysis to every fan on Twitter, everything. This was a stonewall penalty from Pepe. Um, 
it's crazy. We know VAR is bad. We've spoken about it and we've spoken about it. It's so boring. Like I just want to sit down and enjoy a game of football. It's 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 just taking the fun out of it. Um, so my question to you is, like, really try to put your and I tried to do this and I couldn't. But if you tried to put your feet in their shoes, put yourselves yeah. in their shoes and think, okay, what 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 is the mitigating factor there? Because I can't find one. Like, what's the reason? that that is not given as a handball? Well, I've, I've got the handball rule up here. It's long, <laughs> so I'm not going to go through the whole thing. But after the clarification, they've, they've made a few changes. Um, but <laughs> there's, no, there's nothing there. Okay, so part of it is like for the handball, it's a handball offence if the player deliberately touches the ball with their hand or arm. He did that. Uh, touches the ball with the hand or arm when it has made their body unnaturally bigger. Yep. Uh, and yeah. then the other ones are uh, about scoring. Um, so not not relevant. But the two main things there, there is no, there's nothing on this, what I'm looking at now, that says anything about the proximity. There is something saying whether it was mm-hmm. deliberate. It's either that or if it makes their body bigger. And his arm was miles away from his body. Even if he didn't mean to do it, like yeah. he's gained a clear advantage. Uh, and the, the the rule is with the where yeah. it is handball is if it's on the sleeve. So this was on his elbow, so it's nowhere near. It's it's just I can't get my head around it, um, and we can. I don't even know how to analyse it. It's just crazy. It's just a terrible decision. It's a penalty, 100% all day long. And yet again, we've had to rely on VAR to give us a call that it never ends up giving. You know, And then there was one later, obviously, that was cleared off the line after we're peppering the goal. And Sergeant Peppers drills one in. It was a great shot, great cross from Saka. It hits his shoulder. VAR's done very well there. Like That wasn't a penalty, fair enough. Um, that's what VAR is for, but I don't understand. The con- There's just no consistency. Um, yeah, and and you know the um, who who was the the guy? Not 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 the ref. That was uh, Andre Mariner, I think. But they have the other ref um, like to check in during the game and say, "Oh, what did you think of that as a decision?" Mm. And they always always side with the referee and saying, "Oh, this is how he will have uh, interpreted it." And even then, he was like, "I'm I'm actually really surprised that's not been given as a handball." Yeah, I, I, I've got no clue. Yeah, I, I honestly don't even know what to say about it. Um, if if we, but if we had taken our chances before that, it wouldn't have been an issue. You know, we so, wouldn't be here being like, yeah, complaining. No, we, we 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 wouldn't. We wouldn't. And it's annoying. And I hate the FA and I hate VAR at the moment. Until of course one goes our way, and I'll love them. Um, yeah, it's infuriating. But I think you're right with the missed chances and everything like that. So so I have this kind of weird feeling of all that negativity and I'm just trying to put away the goal we conceded was annoying stupid read that book done that really annoying VAR it's happened to us before whatever didn't get the penalty if I take away those two very isolated incidents and really the one that we're in control of is the Xhaka so if we just really look at that if we take that away I'm kind of out look at the game thinking the team's played really well I mean I can't I can't say anyone played badly I think most people played really well. It's just the finishing that let us down. And like the positions we were getting ourselves into, we were limiting limiting them to 
to no chances apart from that thunder bastard from Peters who seemed to be everywhere as soon as he came on in like the 60th minute. Um, and actually, to be fair, they did have a really good passage of play where they put through Chris Wood again or for the yeah. first time. Leno with an unbelievable stop. That yeah. should really be registered as one of the saves of, of, of this year for sure. I mean, it was a powerful shot. It was going in near post, but it was one of those that it was just first time. And the, it, yeah, I think fair, fair play to the guy for getting down yeah. and saving our necks there. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone played badly either. And you could tell, like in the interview afterwards, Arteta was similar. Is like so frustrating where, you know, you can't really fault the performance. It's just like this momentary lapse of conversation. And the fact that Saka probably was didn't even have a bad game, but like was our weakest performer on the day. And that's not a criticism mm-hmm. of him. It's just like by his usual standards, he was quite quiet. Um yeah, I thought I thought we actually were were really quite decent, and they like uh, and especially defensively. Like I thought, Marie and um, Louise did really well against quite a physical side, um, and they did, they just limited them to to speculative shots. That Peter's chance, they created one chance themselves, as you said, and then their their goal. Yeah, and I think Saka was only two kicks of the ball away from being man of the match himself with two goals. It's like we were just and, so and close. And the assist and... for Pepe. You know, the, the chance yeah. that Pepe missed. Like where he yeah, didn't yeah, yeah. Oh, that was set up by uh, Saka as well. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it's infuriating. And, um, but this, it, it does make me think though, with the young team that we've got, um, particularly in the attacking end of the field, if you take away Bamiyang, and it, I, I feel good about the team. And I know we're in 10th. I, but since we've been playing well from, from the beginning of the year, even though results haven't continuously gone our way. In fact, they've continuously not gone our way. Um, I don't know. I get a good feeling about the team and I feel weirdly positive when we're 10th in the table, having just drawn away to Burnley. Do you, do you get the same feeling? Uh, so yes, I do agree. Um, and part of that is just gut feeling. And then part of it is, uh, is actually backed up by some, some stats so uh so one of our friends in the group posted a, a link to tom warville on twitter who i th- i think works for the athletic but uh he's basically just done uh how arsenal's expected goals for and against trend over time so with a 10 game rolling average they've looked at how many goals we're likely to score depending on our chances created and the same for chances conceded and the trend uh, with Emery was very up and down and towards the end before he took over was quite significantly down. We were conceding more chances. We were creating less chances. But since um, Arteta took over after lockdown, the lines are pretty much the amount of chances we're creating has gone up significantly from uh, from less, just under one goal a game to about, it's on a graph, so I can't see it exactly, but around 1.4 goals a game. We were expected to concede 1.5 goals a game and now we're down to probably 0.9. So even in these tar- like these one-off games where we do get unlucky, the metrics all point mm. to the fact that over time this will will come good. And you know, if you're consistently creating more chances than you're conceding, you're going to score more goals than you concede, you're going to win more games. I just think weird. This is a is a weird patch with like Wolves, Villa, now Burnley, even the um, how have I forgot Benfica name? Uh, Benfica game 
uh, again like uh yeah it's just a they're a bit outliers i think i'm really i'm really confident that uh we will will improve in terms of results yeah if we were playing the system that we've been playing since the end of december from the well we started in september this this season didn't we we would be in a very different place the metrics all point towards it i re- i like the team i like it I like the way we're going and I don't think many people believe us in the media, but I think we're going to do something quite special quite soon. That's that's my uh, that's my prediction. It's quite uncommittal. Come in your way. You heard it here first. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, good stuff. Man of the match. Who is your man of the match, Gus, and why? Um, Pablo Marie was mine. Um, I don't, I think we were good collectively, and not exceptional individually which is not a problem but i think marie really like uh encapsulated his his job perfectly like he he um battled chris woodwell he distributed the ball he's not like a expansive passer but he just won it gave it to someone else linked with kieran tierney well i thought he had a really mm. solid game i had exactly the same player down yeah i think against a physical team he Don Pablo Mari played really well. Um, he's so consistent. Ever since he's come in, he's really taken his chance. I said, I just wish, just really wish that either him or Gabriel was right-footed. They'd be the perfect <laughs> partnership, almost like a Koscielny and Mertesacker partnership. You know, Mari is just tall, dominant. Uh, his positioning's very good, uh, very calm on the ball. Whereas you know, Gabriel's the physical sort of side of things, and he's very quick and very strong and can get up to the ball very quickly. So. Um, yeah, that's that's a shame. But um, okay, who was your dick of the day? And do you know what I think we need to get is is a jingle for dick of the day. Yeah, um, something, something yeah. that's just like a bit innocent and a bit silly. I think we can maybe yeah. look into that. But um, yeah, I mean, I I found it hard not to give this uh, to the referee slash VAR. I, I, but I mean, I I didn't want to give it to to Granite Xhaka because I didn't feel it was right. Um, I don't think you can really give Dick of the Day to a player. I just I don't agree. think it's in the spirit of Dick of the Day. But um, no, I, my, I had mine down as just everyone at Stockley Park. Mm. Anton Deck, I think Anton, it was, yeah. who was giving that decision. Yeah, because yeah. it, was, it was on a Saturday um, at 12 o'clock kickoff, wasn't it, or 12.30? So yeah. um, they had Saturday night takeaway that night. So I think they were recording uh in stockley park saying right give that penalty or don't give that penalty i should say um yeah i i nearly gave it to myself for getting like champions league dreams up um <laughs> uh, being whilst i was looking it. at the the granite jacker goal yeah no i nearly gave it to myself but there was no one else that really could, could give it to to be honest um sean dyche after the game called for Bakayo Saku should have got sent off, you know, when we were complaining about the penalty. I have no idea when he's talking about that. I think it was just he was throwing punches, but yeah, I, I think he's I, just got to be Anton Deck at Stockley Park. Yeah, I can't stand Sean Dyche. So, if Sean, if you're listening, you, I don't want you to be our friend. Um, but yeah, he, he said some mm. weird stuff in his interview. He said Bakayo Saku should have got sent off. He got really offended where the interviewer basically said Arsenal gifted them a goal. And they're like, oh yeah, of course, it's it's never to do with us and our wonderful pressing. And she was like, well, the guy just did boot it into your striker. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but he does like uh, indie music. And, and, and I think that's nice, you know. I don't care. He's a knob. 
Yeah, that's and that's that's the kind of insight you get on this podcast. Part two. Thanks for everybody sending in your your, uh, your questions. Uh, we've read through them. We've got some pretty good ones uh, sent in, so it'd be quite enjoyable to answer them. Gus, uh, do you want to kick us off today, or shall I? Uh, yeah, can I go first? Um, basically, there's lots of questions here about the stuff we kind of covered in the first part, but uh, Jack Hodges with three S's, uh, says, uh, who should have had a bigger influence on the game? Well, that is a good question. That is a good question. Um, well, I think there's the obvious ones in in the people that missed the chances. Um, Pepe, when he came on, was a good influence. He just couldn't find the back of the net. Saka, again, creating chances and, and everything like that. I thought Udegaard, I should say, was was really good. Um, who could have had more of an impact? I mean, Tierney, in my... perhaps. I, I I thought in in general he was a bit quieter in the attacking front, but I kind of think that that's because we were attacking so much anyway. But I, he did have one of his quieter games. But maybe if we're looking from an influence point of view, maybe that needed to come through the middle. But then again, that's where Party actually had another good game. So yeah, it's it's quite hard to say. What what do you think? Uh, yeah, I'd agree with Tierney. Um, not a criticism of him, uh, but yeah, it was one of his quieter games. I think the left side in general. I don't, I, you know, William did contribute for that goal, but I don't think he he played as well as he did last week. So I'd have liked to see a bit more from him. But it's hard because everyone played well, so it's it's not it's not like anyone was <laughs> hiding. Um, and I think the subs when they did came on, I thought Sabayos played really well when he came on. I thought Pepe obviously created, well, should have got created a penalty, should have scored that tap in, and could have scored that one that was that incredible block on the line. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 really hard. Everyone played well, and I think when you're looking for more contributions, that immediately kind of points you in the direction of wanting goals. And we we've talked about you know, the missed chances and everything. Uh, yeah, I think that the resurrection of Willian has, has been pronounced because of how bad he was before. And whilst he has been good, I can't help but feel that, that Pepe has provided a lot more, you know, off the balance of the season and even in the last few games. And I think if he'd have started on the left, I think he would have had more of an influence. So perhaps it's about not as much as who could have given us more, Um but if we'd started maybe with Pepe on the left, he would have been able to have given us more yeah. throughout the 90 minutes. Yeah, because uh, Luke underscore Bates 4 basically says that his question was Saka and Pepe both have to start, both best on the right side. Who do you start on the right? And yeah, I'd do the same as you, play Pepe, play Saka on the right and play Sergeant Peppers on the left. Well, this ties into left another question. Lieutenant Peppers, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I did actually think this and I was going to, asked this towards the end of, of part one but I thought that actually seeing as we're talking about who can influence this game Burnley now I think that in a tenuous link I kind of think who can influence the next game the game after that and the game after that and the reason why I look far that ahead is because we've got two games against Olympiacos in the quarterfinals sandwiched with a Tottenham game in between so I wonder how much of this is to do with rotation uh, is Pepe and Lacazette going to get a start up top, um, maybe in midweek. Um, does that mean that Holding is going to play and Gabriel maybe in midweek? I don't know. It's it's. I think it asks maybe a few of these questions as well. And I just wonder where rotations coming into all of this. 
Yeah, I think there will be a large rotation. I think uh, Holding and Gabriel are likely to start. I think Lacazette may well get a start. Pepe almost certainly will start. I still mm. don't see Martinelli starting, and I don't know why. It's just he hasn't had... There's not been any real chances for him. Um, no. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. so... Somebody's asked a question about that. So Smiling Pig Studios, um, which is a very interesting name. Um, so, they, yeah, so Martinelli Massacre, how long are we going to see this? And so Arteta did address this during the week. He said, look, he's come back for second injuries, you know, not necessarily playing as well. He's got to wait for his chance. Um, and it does feel like now that we are at the crunch end of the season and every point counts, if, if he doesn't see Martinelli as someone who can contribute definitely contribute um then maybe it's a risk playing him and you can't maybe play young young players to get experience why he couldn't have come on against Leicester uh, uh, instead of Aubameyang I don't know but I kind of got that if if Arteta thinks like that and seeing him as a young player with a you know with an end product yet to come then I can understand why he wouldn't choose him to start over Burnley um particularly when you've got Pepe and Willian who are you know starting to play well or uh, give us end product um so I can kind of understand that. I can kind of understand why he didn't come on. I just like, maybe he's going to be used as a player um, who comes on when we're comfortably winning and can maybe give us a little bit more. I don't. I, I can't see it because you know whenever I've seen him play, he gives us energy, end product, everything. So, but he must be seeing something we're not. Yeah, I feel sorry for him. I think he should. But it's, it's difficult, isn't it, when you don't get a chance, so you can't prove yourself. So you can't prove yourself, so you don't really get that much mm-hmm. of a chance. You're in this bit of a catch-22. It will happen. Someone will get injured. You know, Lacazette or mm-hmm. Aubameyang or, God forbid, Rakai Saka. Um, mm-hmm. But he will, he will get an opportunity, and I don't doubt he'll take it. It's just having the patience at the minute. Yeah, it's frustrating. It is very frustrating, um, and I just I'm I'm scared that it's going to turn into a Saliba uh, situation, a, a Gwendozi situation, I, and I don't think it will. Um, he seems to talk really highly of him very regularly, and he's used him at, at moments. He just hasn't. It's not using it at the moment, so it's it's all very very frustrating. Um, yeah, but Gwendozi was a bit of an outlier. Like his, it's all it, it was all a it was a knob. Yeah, essentially. You're going to put it, you know, how it is. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah, go on. Let's let's have another question. Um, it's a VAR question, uh, okay. which I'm just going to find. I've got the question here, but I didn't write down whose it was. So, okay, yeah. So, me hi sk. Um, sure. Uh, it says VAR out question mark. So, and whilst, yeah, this is a very hard one because I've been thinking about this a lot recently. We all complain about VAR. For me, it's highlighting a lot of. Um, issues with the refereeing um but if we're taking var as a concept for me i hate it i would rather it never came in but now that it's in it's kind of like we've opened pandora's box we can't put it back you can't just take away video refereeing because every week something's going to happen where we can go if we had var we could have corrected that someone will be about 15 yards offside but it'll be given as a goal there'll be a two-foot tackle in the face that we missed you know it'll be all these things and it'll be suddenly just one of those things that we're going to be crying for it to come back um and the reason why i wanted to bring up in this podcast is because arsene wenger's offside proposition is being tested from fifa so this is 
it's it's relatively controversial but what in in the interest of keeping the game exciting and making more goals he's saying that instead of any any body part that you can score with making you offside is that if any body part is onside then you then you can still uh, that then the goal stands so what what do you think about that um I'm not sure how I feel about that rule specifically, but I think VAR's definitely here to stay. 100%. It's not, they're not going to suddenly take it away. And I don't think it's even the referees. I think it's the wording of the the rules that like make them really difficult to interpret and allow people to interpret them differently. It really annoys me because no other sport has this issue. Like tennis uses it, cricket uses it, rugby uses it, and there's never really any issues. It's always pretty like, oh, yeah, we checked it. Sometimes we couldn't see because of the the angle or whatever, so we have to leave it as the on-field decision. Um, but nine times out of ten, they get it right, and it's just not the same with VAR and football. Um, in terms of Wenger's one... Why do you think that is? I, like I say, I think it's the the way the rules are written. I think like it's just clunky mm. wording. It's badly written, uh, and it just needs to be much clearer. So with the handball, like offside's the easiest one because it is binary; it's yes or no, and people complain, "Oh, it's only his armpit that was offside." It's like it doesn't matter; like it, it is or it is not offside. So there's no debate mm. there. Whereas uh, with the, with the handball, it's so much more interpretable. There's so much more grey areas. I still don't understand why R one wasn't a handball today, but surely you can just say if your arm's away from your body whether you meant it or not if it hits your arm um then then it's a penalty and end of conversation like yes you're gonna get some unlucky ones where you're you're really close to the um to the ball and it bounces up and hits you but like you'll get those at the other end as well and then it takes Mm. away that interpretation yeah i don't know i don't know how i feel about that i um I think because then I think you'd end up getting people just smacking them into to hands, which would be admittedly very difficult. But I don't know. I, that would feel weird if some like if you've got your hand down by your your like your side, and someone yeah, so that's not away them. from your body then. Oh, away from your body? Did you say my yeah. my apologies? Yeah. yeah, I think I think yeah, that's so in front of you. Like that's going to hit your body anyway. So it doesn't yeah. matter if. Yeah, I I tend to agree. I think that makes a lot of sense. To be fair, and I think. Anything that can clear up the handball and just make it more binary rather than just this rubbish yeah. that we've got at the moment. I mean, no one knows the rules. No, I, I, I haven't got a clue no. to be honest. I mean, yeah. now it's down to your down to your shirt. You, to your bottom of your shirt. You can. No, no, handball. it's to the to the bottom of your, your where a t-shirt would be. Wouldn't oh, be just... handball, and anything beyond that would be handball. That's a joke. An absolute joke. Um, yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's stop talking about VAR. It gets me really upset okay. and really angry. Um, Go on. I've got a question here, and it's there's lots on the same theme, but I'm going to pick the one from Hunter underscore San eighty nine, who says, "How did you feel about Chambers? How did you feel Chambers did it right back today?" Um, I think he was really good defensively. I thought he was really solid. Um. I thought he was very, very good before he got injured. Actually, ironically, there was a game against Burnley um, where I remember he did he score or did he assist? But he he scored. You know, he scored. I think yeah. But he he was very good, and I've always liked him. Um, you know, I know you have your concerns about him at right back, but I think 
I really like Hector Bellerin. Um, I should say that I actually love the guy. He's an Arsenal man through and through. Uh, he, up until his injury, was genuinely unbelievable. We got player of the season, I think, when he was like 19 yeah. or 20. And, um, um, if he wants to be our friend, Hector, you're probably yeah. listening. You love Arsenal. So, yeah, you're also welcome with Bakayo and, um, mm. and Kieran. Bakayo, Kieran, uh, Hector. I think Hector could bring a bit of style to the podcast that's perhaps missing. Yeah. Um, I well, I say that. You, you look great, mate. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I I seem to think there was something really solid about his defensive performance uh, that I kind of forgot that you could have consistently in a right back. I just don't. I I always feel a bit nervous with Hector going at, at the back. I don't know about you. Um, I I was I was really pleased. I thought he could have done more going forward, but I seem to remember him before his injury, Callum Chambers this is being really effective going forward and pretty pretty skillful um but i know you might have a different opinion i don't know no i i was pleasantly surprised i thought it was really good he um his his delivery was also really good he was good at crossing the ball my only criticism of him feels very harsh considering the circumstances but his hair is definitely not as good as it was pre-lockdown do you not think oh no, i'm into really, it i think luscious really? flowing locks mate it's very cool i was it i was is, actually looking cool, at it thinking but... i wish i had that kind of hair Really? No, um, I, I think yeah, I think pre-lockdown. Can I take back my statement about your style? I, 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 I <laughs> just disagree with you. We do that. He he could mediate these conversations about style because, quite frankly, I yeah. haven't got any, and you clearly haven't because you don't think his hair's cool. Yeah. It's I better than Thomas Rosiski's. Yeah, I mean, that, who, <laughs> it's a low bar. <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, okay, quick one then. Who's got the best hair in... Oh, this is a question from me. Who's got the best hair in the team? Are you going to go well, on like the Willian and Louise sort of side of no, things? No, there's, clear, there's an obvious choice here. This is Mikel. Like every time. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I thought Don Pablo's got a pretty pretty oh, tidy fade. He's yeah. just incredibly good looking. Yeah, yeah. This has really got off topic. Um, yeah. I mean... But, maybe, yeah, maybe that's I, Sorry? Maybe that's a, that's a hint that we've kind of exhausted all the material. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder, did I, any other questions? Um, let's have one more, come on. For, for It's a Sunday, <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, I've got one. I've got one. I think this is going to be a good one to end on because we can actually discuss what it means, never mind actually going to the point of answering it. But So it's somebody called <laughs> um, Big underscore Turb, um, whether that's a, a, a turban, a turbine a turb I don't know I don't know what other terms there are but it's a big one at that he says referee what is a referee my hamster is better now he's either there's there's, there's a couple of ways we can deconstruct this and he's just said the word referee I can assume he's meaning the referee in a game that's played badly fine and then he said what is a referee I yeah. could answer that, you know, just by giving him a definition, or I don't I've know. I've got a definition here. It's you, a noun. Go on, you could do that. And then, but then the other side of it is obviously my hamster is better. Was his hamster ill? Is he? Does he mean he's better than the referee? Um, is his hamster <laughs> better now? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Um, but what's what's the definition of a referee? Or the definition well, of a hamster? If you've got it, I'm concerned about the hamster now. Did he? Did he mention that his hamster was ill before? No, but he or said not. it's better. So either he's saying okay. it's better than the referee or it's better and it was ill. So okay. So big well, turb, if your hamster's better, I, I'm happy for you. Yeah, if not, can you please clarify? Because I'm 
borderline concerned. Uh, but a referee is an official who watches a game or match closely to ensure that the rules are adhered to, and in some sports, to arbitrate on matters arriving, arising from the play. <laughs> the example <laughs> is the referee sent off two French players. <laughs> Xenophobic referees. Um, yeah, That's how it felt uh, yesterday. Yeah, um, well, you know, just just anti-Arsenal referees, the conspiracy absolutely. continues. Classic, classic. Um, okay, well, let's leave the questions there. Um, it feels like a good as, as good as any point to, to finish on. Um, uh, who do you start against Olympiacos, knowing that you've got the North London derby at the weekend and then again the next week? Do you want, you want me to go through my team? Uh, yeah, quickly. Quick. Let's do it quick. Let's do it quick. Leno in goal, obviously. Hector right back. Gabriel holding centre back. Tierney left back again. Xhaka and I think I would start party, but maybe play a half mm. uh, or potentially even start Ceballos. Um, Odegaard in front. Lacazette up top, Pepe on one side, and fuck it, I'm going to say Martinelli on the other because I want to see it. So you think we should go? Well, what, what leg is this? Is it the home First or the? Leg. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> um, home, home well, or away? Wait, wait, I, I think it's been played in yeah. the country, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Because remember, it's the one that we had to go to because we could Let travel to Greece. Um, yeah, 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 of course. Uh, and I, no, we're I, away. We're going back to to mm. the Piarcos. Very funny. Uh, I'd like to see. Uh, I, I would start Sabas over Partey. Um, I think see how it goes. I think Sparse can can do a job, and I think we can be, we can definitely be a bit more creative in the midfield um, than sticking El Nenny with Xhaka and being defensive. Um, yeah. I'd like to see. I, I would like to see Martinelli, but I would like to see him come on. Uh, Saka, yes. Lackey, yes. Um, Udegaard, yes. If Emil Smith Rowe's not around. Um, on the left, I put Peppers. Yeah, I would as well. Okay. Uh, and I would... Yeah, okay. And Ben and I agree with the back line. So we are in agreement. Um, alrighty, let's leave it there. Um, cheers, Gus. Thanks for overcoming your five pints that you had today and being sober <laughs> enough to join us. Thank you. It's a good five pints. <laughs> yeah, I'm very, very jealous. I assume it was all outside and COVID-friendly and all of that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah. 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 Exactly, exactly um, that. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, let's hope for a better performance. The next time we speak, we'll have beaten Spurs and we'll be five goals up uh, in the first leg of the Europa League going into the uh, and going into the semi-finals. Uh, give us a review and all that sort of stuff, and you know the normal stuff. So, thanks very much. See you next week. Mm-hmm.